Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Well, welcome again for all of you. Um, so good to see all of you in church this morning. Um, I'm, I'm so excited for, for today and for the last couple of weeks. Um, we've been busy with a series that really stirs my heart. And how many of you have been blessed by this series? It's been amazing. Eh? It's, um, it changes our perspective of what God has given you. And uh, if you're here for the first time, don't worry, I'm going to catch you up this morning. But we've been busy um, with a series called Volcano. And, um, and the series is all about, man, we need to realize what God has given us. Because He wants to erupt His presence and more of Him out of your life so that you can make an impact on everyone and everything around you. Did you know that you were called to make an impact in this life? You are. But if you die one day, you want people to say, wow, didn't his life make an impact? I want that. I don't know about you. And, and if you're going to live a mediocre life and just go with the flow, I always say, remember, dead fish always goes with the flow as well. I mean, we need to swim upstream. We might need to make impact for God. And uh, we need to trust him to see the more of God in our lives. Now, for those of you who've missed this, let me just catch you up a bit and give you a bit of a recap. Now, uh, we had a prayer and fast week where we prayed and we fasted and said, Lord, we want to get your leading for this year. And God's, one, one of those mornings, God spoke to me so clearly, and he showed me a picture of a volcano, clearly. And I was like, whoa, Lord, what is that? And I started immediately searching some facts about a volcano, which is super interesting. Listen to this. It says a volcano we know is devastating and powerful. But when a volcano erupts, it triggers tsunamis, it triggers flash floods, earthquakes, mud flows, rock falls. I mean, I can go on and on. It's quite devastating. And when that thing erupts, it, it, it erupts with melted rock, ash, harmful gases by means of an explosion that can literally cause death, yes, if you're close by. That's how powerful that eruption is. But the impact of that eruption is massive. The fact says, if you're in between 1 to 30 kilometers, you're in the death zone. So it's, it's, it's deadly if you're there in a, in, a, in a volcano erupt. But what I didn't know is that it has such an impact on the environment up to 160 kilometers away. One volcano. That's how incredible the impact of a volcano is. And when I was reading through this facts, God immediately spoke to me, and he said the following to me, and I said this before. God said, Henny, it is time to move a generation from passivity to eruption. When their lives, when our lives erupt and break open with my or God's power and his presence, our lives will impact everything around them. And when God said that to me, I started writing down and, and God started giving revelation upon revelation upon revelation of what is inside us as believers. What we sometimes miss as believers. How many of you want to pray for sick people? Come on, how many of you want to pray and see a miracle? How many of you want to speak life over someone's life and a shift happens? I don't know about you, man. I want to. I want to see the signs. I want to see the miracles Come on, God has called us to, to see more of Him in our lives. You see, when we let God erupt through us and from our lives, it impacts the people around us. And it needs to be life-changing. 
It has to be life-changing when God erupts out of you. I know it's, a weird, it's, it's, it's quite a strange um, picture. That's how I saw it, how God erupts with His fullness out of us. You see, I, I can give you so much testimonies and I can speak to so many people that experience the fullness of God in that moment, it, it feels like an eruption of God's goodness just flowing out of you. Now in week one, we spoke about knowing the fact that God deposited, deposited something in His children's lives and knowing that God has called us to make an impact in our lives. No matter if, you have a, if you're a businessman, if you're full-time ministry, if you're a teacher, a doctor, whatever you do, God has called you to make an impact. What impact are you making? And we looked at the life of Gideon and how God used Gideon in one of the times of his life where he sat in a hole, didn't trust himself, he was discouraged, and God used him to do a mighty act because he started believing in what he has. And then last week, we looked at and we asked the question of how, how do I become or stay an active volcano for him? And we looked at the life of Paul and we looked at the attitude of Paul. How he said, I don't care if I have everything or nothing, I know God is in control. God is in control of my life and I'm going to run towards that prize. I'm going to run towards that thing that God has given me. To, to share Him in the world. Now, our core scripture, you can go back to that. Our core, core scripture for the series is 1 John 4, verse 4, um, and in the New King James it says, He who is in me, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Do you know how much is in that little scripture there? That means that he who is in me, God who is in us, the, the God, the Holy Spirit who is in us, is greater than than all the darkness in this world. Think about He who is in you, what you are carrying in your life, is greater than all the satanic events in this world can ever put together. Greater than all the darkness, all the issues, everything. The God in you is greater than that. That's what that scripture says. I listened to a sermon one day that says that you know that the capacity that the universe has for the stars our spirit has the capacity for God. That's an incredible revelation. Our spirit has the capacity to host the God of the universe, to fill us and to do greater work. I mean, if I'm filled with that, you can't help by not trusting God for more. Amen? Come on. Now, today I want to speak about one thing, and the thing is I want to speak about boldness. Boldness to make an impact. How many of you have been bold in asking or seeking something that you really, really, really wanted? And then because of the boldness in seeking that, you received it. You got it. How many of you have been there? Come on, when, when faith leads to boldness, leads to a miracle. See, if you've ever seen an insecure volcano... <laughs> No. I've never seen an insecure volcano. When that thing starts to erupt, nothing keeps it back. When lava comes and it flows, nothing stops that thing. It flows. There's no insecurity when God erupts out of our lives. And that makes us bold to make an impact. Now when the Holy Spirit works through us as believers, and you know, 
it's amazing how our bodies and who we are are created for the Holy Spirit in mind. And when the Holy Spirit starts moving through you, I remember when I was filled with the Spirit when I was 13 years old, 13 years old as a young boy in a, an AFM camp. Man, when the Holy Spirit filled me, I, I mean, I shut up. It was hectic. I remember that, that there was an, over the weekend, I had a cricket game on a Tuesday. I was the number 11 in the team, and somewhere along the line, our open, opening batman didn't pitch up. And the coach said, well, Henny, you just open up. I mean, if you're out in two balls, that's fine. So I walked in, I opened up, I hit 75 runs, none out, won the game, and I, they didn't know, but I knew. Holy Spirit fooled me that weekend. Man, I was on fire. When the Holy Spirit fools us, something happens to our lives that is immeasurable. Now, let me just make it clear this morning, and it's amazing. See, boldness is not the only ingredient for miracles to come. It's just one of the ingredients that leads to signs and wonders and miracles through our lives, but it's not the only one. Now, there's a nice story that I read this week. It says, a young South African decided that he was ready for work at just age 11. And he knew exactly what company he wanted to work for. He wanted to work for Garmin. He simply loved the company and all the products and he even spent his time creating his own watch designs and decided that this was the company he wanted to work for. Now the young South African drafted an email outlining that he could offer, what he could offer and what he wanted in return. So he described his love for the company and how much he enjoyed designing watches and his dream was to join the team and would even do so at no cost to the company. He offered his service um, on, on, um, on this deal that after a year of working for them, they could give him his own Garmin watch, specifically the Phoenix, because he liked the Phoenix. His mom said that he was hoping for a reply um, that, that, was, that was all that he wanted, but nothing happened. But the Garmin team received this mail while at a strategy conference, conference in Mpumalanga, two hours away from, from where this family stayed. They googled out the website and saw and looked at the email address and, and sought out this boy's father on email. They contacted the father directly to arrange a surprise meet-up at this primary school where the young boys, um, for the young boys to dream to come true. The plan was set in motion just five days after this email was sent. This boy was in his classroom when he got a call from the school's office waiting for him and, and telling him to go to the office. And in waiting for him there was his dad and representatives of Garmin who had just bought him a surprise hamper filled with an array of goodies, including the Phoenix watch he wanted. And to top it all off, the Garmin team included an application letter to work for the company, but only when he finishes his school. Isn't that amazing? I love the story. Isn't it amazing what boldness can do? Have the boldness of a child, then you will see more in your life. I love the boldness of this letter and just what this boy accomplished. Now today I want to look at another Bible character. And it's a man who, who made a huge impact in the Bible. But it's also a man, apart from the impact he made, he made a few human errors. <laughs> and he missed it a few, few times in his life. And his name is Peter. The Apostle Peter, the disciple Peter. Now Peter, like so many heroes in the Bible, did amazing things as they trusted God. 
but they all made mistakes. How many of you have made mistakes in your life before? All of us. Don't even have to put your hand up. We are human. We make mistakes. How many of you were discouraged in yourself when you felt you had to trust God more, but you didn't? And you never saw that thing happening in your life. Now, sometimes we can listen to a sermon or a series like this, and we feel beaten up by the devil because we already made so many mistakes through our lives. We missed so many big moments where we trusted God and nothing happened. And Lord, was my faith not enough? Lord, what happened? Ever been there? Man, I've both hands. I've been there. But as we see today, Peter didn't, didn't just do amazing things. He did a divine things. But through all that, he still messed up. His humanity still came through. Now, how many times do we trust God to do great things for him? And then our natural man fails. Our faith fails. Maybe your obedience fails. Come on. I, I know I'm not the only one here. We fail in life. And then sometimes we beat ourselves up because, like, Lord, I, maybe I didn't have enough faith like the guys in the Bible or the heroes in the Bible. These guys also messed up. But the one thing that, that made Peter stand out from the rest, made him stand out from the rest, hands and feet, apart from failures, he had boldness that no one else had. He had boldness. He was bold as a lion. He just went for it. He didn't wait. He didn't care what people think. He just did it. Peter was a bold man. Now, I want to look at a well-known story this morning when Peter walked on the water in Matthew 14. And we're going to look at that story this morning. And I know all of us read that and we know the story. But I'm going to take something out of that this morning that I really hope will bless you and will take this discouragement or this insecurity off of our lives that, that says that you can make mistakes, but God is still in control to do a miracle through your life. You can still feel you're missing it, but God is still in control of your life if you are bold enough to keep going. Now, in this story, you will see that Peter went from, in one moment, one event, Peter went from humanity, a human, that's a human moment, to a divine moment. To a human moment, to a divine moment. In one event. Are you ready? Let's read it together. It says the following. This is just after Jesus multiplied the bread and fed 5,000 people. So he said, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples, look at that, Jesus insisted. Now, Jesus was very intentional. He only insisted because he knew test is coming, something to learn is going to happen. Okay, so Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray Night fell when, um, while he was still there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, the third watch, some of the translation says the third watch of the night, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It is a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking down the water. Now just pause there quickly. Did you see that? 
<laughs> Peter had a, a humanity moment, a human moment, a human failure moment. Think about it. Jesus come walking in the water. Disciples freak out. I don't know how if there were ghosts in that time, but they thought it was a ghost. Anyway, and, and, and Jesus, and they freak out, said, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, don't, don't worry, relax, it's only me. Now, some translations, in the, the, the normal translation, King James translation says, Jesus just said, I am. Now, that's a thing that God said, I am. He declared his divinity. So Jesus said, don't worry, I'm here. What does Peter do? Wait, wait, you guys stand back, I'll handle this. Jesus, if it is you, tell me to come to you. He said, don't worry, guys, I'll handle this. And then Jesus said, yes, come. I said, say what? <laughs> come again? Just think about Jesus' face at that stage. Jesus come walking on water. Guys freak out. Jesus said, don't worry, I'm here. Peter, Jesus, if it's you, if it's really you. It's like, Peter, didn't I just say, it is me? Peter had a human moment. So I can just hear the other disciples said, Peter, he said, come. He said, go, Peter. Jump! I want to see that. So Peter went on. Let's read further. It says, So Jesus said, Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Human, human moment. First divine moment. Hey man, he's walking on the water. No one apart from Jesus has ever walked on the water apart from Peter. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified, began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. So Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Now he gets a rebuke as well. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Jesus didn't even say anything. Previous time, he quieted the storm now he just climbed into the boat. Some of you might be going through storms in your life, things in your life. You think, man, I don't know how I'm going to go through this. You just need Jesus in your boat. But sometimes it's going to cost you more boldness to jump out before Jesus get in. How bold are you? How much faith do you have? You see, Peter, in one event on this boat, he had human failure. But he also had one incredible divine moment. How many people would, would just stop, just quit after that failure? You see, Peter had faith. The faith went to boldness, and the boldness led to a miracle. Now, if you look at the story, and we know that there were a lot of disciples in that boat, right? This wasn't just Peter. Now, do you realize that all the disciples had the same potential to walk on that water? Same potential. The difference was Peter's faith that led to boldness. Now, I know I joked about it and he's the lead. No, I mean, any one of them could say, Jesus, if it's you, I'll come to you. But Peter's faith was so on fire that it led to boldness. He said, Lord, I'll do anything. I'll make my name whatever, but I want to get to you. Now, maybe there's some of us that feel that our lives have become stagnant. Maybe it's like, oh, I've missed it. And my life had become stagnant. Maybe my job is going nowhere. 
I'm not sure if I can do this anymore in my life. Come on. Maybe you tell yourself, I'll never be more talented like I'm now. I don't know how far I can go. I'll never rise any higher than I'm right now. It feels like I'm just hitting a ceiling. And then at the end, it doesn't feel that God will erupt through me. Why me? Me, insignificant me. I've messed up. I've missed it so many times in my life. I'm not passionate enough like these guys in the Bible. Lord, why will you do this through my life? But we all know that that's not true. We all know if you open the Bible and you see all the promises that God has given us, you see that God has given you, no matter what you've done, He paid the price. He hung on that cross for you. But the devil wants you to look at your insecurities. He wants you to look at your failures. We know it's not true. We all know it. You see, as long as we live and breathe, and as, as, as long as we have the potential that God gave us, man, we can erupt with more of Him. We can. See, when God created each one of us, He didn't just breathe the breath of life into us. You know what? He imparted Himself into our DNA. That's true. If you go and look at all um, Louis Giglio stuff, on life and how our cells actually shout out the glory of God. It's incredible. I don't want to go into that today. When God created you, He imparted Himself in us. You see, we have everything on the inside to fulfill our destiny in our lives. If you're wondering if I'm ever going to be a success in this life, yes, you will be. Because God has given you the fullness of Him. He has made you successful. Maybe life has failed you, but don't give up. Peter didn't give up. I did just think about Peter was the only one in that boat wet. <laughs> no one else was wet. Peter was wet. The disciples, when Jesus got in the boat, the disciples were around Jesus. But yet Peter just walked on the water. Nobody came to Peter and high-fived him. Well done, Peter. Yes. You walked on water, man. No, no. Peter was on the side of the boat thinking, man, I failed again. But yet he didn't. He walked on the water. He was bold enough. His faith went to boldness to a miracle. And this was not the last time Peter failed. Oh, go and read the Gospels. He failed a lot. There's a fullness of God in you to fulfill your destiny. You see, a gift to yourself and a gift to this world around you is to let the treasure of God in you erupt. It needs to come out. Sometimes it's just a hug for someone who's got a tough day. And said, man, you'll be fine. That's the goodness of God. That's the love of God in your life flowing from your life to others. See, God always put bigger things in us than we could ever think we can accomplish ourselves. Now, don't be surprised if you, if you feel you're not able to accomplish something great. Sometimes, man, I've read the Bible. And I think, man, I know Jesus said we'll do greater things than he even did. But if I see all these amazing things, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. Ever been there? But see, God just needs your faith. He needs your faith in him and a boldness to get out of that boat. Are you ready to get out of the boat? Sometimes God's calling 
He's ready to, to show you that miracle. He's ready to show you something new in your life. You just need to get out. See, if we trust in God to walk on the water, we need to be bold enough to get out of the boat onto the water. Now let's ask the question. If all the men in that boat had the same potential to walk on the water, why was Peter the only one walking? Because Peter was the only one willing to get out of his comfort zone into a faith zone. You see, sometimes we need to get out of that comfort zone, give up our comfort, and get into a faith zone and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you to do this. If, you, if you're looking, searching, doing things, Lord, I mean, Paul said, you show me your faith, I'll show you my faith by my works. I want to do something and show you, Lord, that I've got faith. Come on, we need to get out of that safe zone and get into the faith zone. See, it's time for us to get out. It's time for us to get from our comfort zone into a place of faith so that we can have boldness to do and see more for God. Now, I remember when I was a student um, and, and I was one morning in my devotional time and, and it actually was a catalyst for, my, for me going to ministry. I had a dream to be a sports scientist, a part-time sports psychologist. I wanted to coach and to make sport men and women better. I, I, I mean, I still today have a master's degree in sports science, and I studied that, and that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be the Springbok sports scientist. That's what I want to do. And then that morning, God showed me a vision of me standing in front of thousands of people preaching with a fire burning inside of me. Man, it was, it was a strong vision. And I always thought, Lord, but I'm, I'm not a good, good speaker, though. I don't, I always, I always mumbled. I was never a bold, ex, extrovert kind of guy. And I thought, Lord, this is a great vision, but I don't see it. So time went on. I went to ministry. We started a sport ministry. I was running a sport ministry with 10 cell groups with rugby guys. God were doing amazing things, but I was never a speaker or preacher. I was never allowed to do that. Till one day I, I organized this event where we um, got in a speaker for a sport event. We had about 50 rugby teams and netball teams coming in, and we had a guy, um, one of our guys coming to preach, and he brought with him, a Springbok rugby guy, I'm not going to say names, um, to come with, share his testimony, and then do a salvation message. And I mean, God did amazing things. So our Sunday came, it was a great event, amazing things happened. And then because of the Sunday morning event, we got an invitation to go to one of the reses, the dormitories on the campus in Poch, to go and speak. And this is one of the, the main men reses. These guys were, this was the... I'm not going to say names again, but it was, a, it was quite a, a, a big race. So the speaker and the Springbok guy and me will go to the race. He will speak, do a message. Man, lucky event. So I was taking the Springbok guy around town, showing him a few. We had coffee, and the, the speaker phoned me and said, listen, I know we have to be there in 10 minutes. Um, you guys can go. I unfortunately can't make it. You'll have to speak any. I said, no, I can't do that. I said, don't worry. You'll be fine. Just let so-and-so share, and then you just, just nail it. Just do it. I was like, man. As I was driving there, I, I quiet, and the guy next to me, good friend of me today, um, the Springbok guy, he said, why are you so quiet, man? Are you okay? I said, no, no, I'm just praying. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. We walked in. Um, I introduced him. He started speaking, and the more he spoke, the more nervous I got. 
Until I had one moment, I said, Lord, I just said to myself, Lord, you put me here. So at this moment, I'm going to jump out of this boat. I'm going to walk towards you, and I know you're going to save me if I mess this up. That's all I said. So when he ended, man, the guys were, eyes were this big. He had a strong testimony, and now they just needed the punchline. I thought, okay, here we go, coming up. And I started speaking, and that was it. That was the short and the longest God showed up. Lives changed. The whole rest stood to receive Jesus. That whole tough guy vibe died, and Jesus took over. And all of them stood, and I made a prayer, and they all received them. Why? Because that is, that is God. That's what He does when we trust Him with more. And because I stepped out in faith, there was a boldness that came out. There was a boldness that said, I don't care if, I, if my name is thrown into the water here today, but I'm going to trust you, Father. You see, most of us haven't seen the best of God erupt through our lives because we haven't stepped out. We haven't trusted God more than more to say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to step out. And yet we are full of the unlimited possibilities of God. Our spirit contains more of God than we could ever think or imagine. In heaven, we'll probably one day see the truth of what we have carried on this earth. We just need boldness to make an impact. We just need faith to lead to boldness, to make an impact. Uh, it's a story of a college professor who had a, a final year class at university. And the final test came up, and as the students came in for the test, this is the biggest test of the year, they came in, and the, the professor here had the exam papers in front of him, all wrote exams in our lives before. And he started, before he started handing out the papers, he started encouraging these people, he said, man, you're so great. Well done for this year. You guys worked so hard. You did well. And because you worked so hard, I have a surprise for you. For all of you sitting here, if you want an automatic C, just put up your hand and you can walk out and you've been, you'll be given a C. A C for the test. You don't have to write. Done. Done and dusted. Just because you've worked hard. Anyone? And the hands started going up. Half, half of the class at the end. Pick up the hands. Stood up with smiles, man, I'll take my C and I'll go. I mean, I, when I was in uni, I would take that C any day, any time. Let me just be honest. But anyway, they stood up, they took the C, and they were out and the rest sat. And the professor said, well, I just want to say, well done for staying. And he started handing out the papers, but he turned it face down before them. With strong instructions, don't turn it around. And so he handed it out. And when all the papers and the exam papers was handed out, he said, before you turn it over, I just want to tell you, well done. You're going to go far in life. You, you made a good decision. Well done working hard and, and doing all this. And, and it's amazing. He continued on with this. And, 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 and then he said to them, before you turn this over, I want to encourage you to go far in life, not to hold back anymore. So he said, turn it over, and there was one line on the paper that says, congratulations, you received an A. This is such a good example for many Christians. Are so many of us settle for C. We just settle for the C. We just said, man, Lord, if you come 
When I pray and you come and you just do a little bit, I'll settle for it. I just need something for you to do. But we'll never settle for the A. And so many Christians settle for the C and they never see the A in their lives. You see, we settle for where we are in our comfort zone. Ever been there? Man, I've been there so many times. Been in my comfort zone. I like it here. Don't, don't mess me up. I'll take my C and I'll stay on the couch. But instead, we should be stretching and believing God for the greater. We should be bold enough to step out in faith. That's what God has called us to be. How many of us feel we fail from a human's perspective in our faith? So many of us. So many Christians today feel they fail in terms of their faith as a Christian. But, but then what happens? We stop. Oh, I failed, so now I'll, I don't even want to try because I failed. And then you become passive in your trust and in your faith with God and you'll never see the boldness that Peter had. You see, Peter failed many times in his walk with Jesus. Many times. Go and read the Scriptures. Peter failed. He was the leader of disciples, but he failed. He even failed Jesus by denying Him three times at the greatest test Jesus had before the cross. He failed Him. I mean, that's... But you know what Peter did? He picked himself up and he just kept on going for he knew that God had given him a promise. Sometimes we need to pick ourselves up from a place of failure and said, I'm not going to look at the world, I'm going to speak life. That's why I said always, don't, don't worry about your week, just say, God is good. And if you have to say that 50 times every day, God is good till you see it and believe it, then do it. You see, Peter just kept on going. And later on, he gathered all the disciples in the inner room. And God did something amazing. Let's read what happened at the end. Listen to what, what happened to Peter. So after the Holy Spirit filled them in that inner room, listen, then Peter stood forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Did you know that the people that Peter was shouting at were the mob that killed Jesus? But then Peter stood up in front of thousands. There was a boldness that came out of him when God filled him with more. And he stood up. And then let's, let's see what happened. As he stood up and he then Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him, and all the apostles, this is the guys who killed Jesus. They said, brothers, what should we do? Then Peter, verse 40, then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all these listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Now we all know that the Bible only counted men. So it was easily more than 5,000 people who were saved on the spot, filled with the Holy Spirit, and baptized. Not even Jesus did that. Greater things. A man who made mistakes but never decided, I will never sit back. I will never surrender. I will always stand up because I know my God is good and He has called me for more than, than this. 
See, Peter never gave up on his passion for the Messiah. No matter how many mistakes he made, no matter how many miracles he saw, he just wanted to be full of Jesus, full of God. Now, as believers, we just have to believe that we have been given more. We just need to believe that we can make an impact. Do you know that you can make an impact to your life? We just need to have the attitude like Paul had the attitude to stay active. Stay an active volcano. Say, Lord, I want to be active for you. I want to shine more of you. I want to see more of you, more of your presence in my life. And then we just need to stand up in faith and be bold sometimes. I said, Lord, I'm going to pray for that person in checkers. I know you said that, but whew, this, is, this is weird. I'm going to pray for him. And he might, you might feel stupid, but that's how Peter got out of the boat. And suddenly there was a, a miracle. You see, God has deposited greatness in your life. He has deposited greatness in this volcano so that that thing can come out and change and erupt and impact lives around you. Do you believe that? Come on. God's going to do great things through your lives. We just need to trust Him. We're trying to teach our children that, to step up and just go for it. Don't worry if people think you're weird. Just pray for them. Just tell them Jesus loved them, which is the biggest, maybe, cliche for some people. But it's true. Jesus loved them. And sometimes when we step out and trust God, I get in my car some mornings and say, Lord, what do you want to do today? Just tell me. Oof, when I've missed it before. So many times. Walk by crippled people in wheelchairs, and God says, why don't you go and pray for them? It's like, oh, Lord, I'm a bit, and then I miss it. And I'm mad at myself afterwards. But there was times that God says, go and pray, and I pray, and God do a miracle. Well, I just go to that person and say, listen, I just feel that you're discouraged this week, and God says he's going to encourage you. Now is the time. We can't be mediocre anymore. Amen? Let's stand together. I'm going to pray. So, Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you've made us with so much power on the inside, Father. Thank you that we don't have to look down on our mistakes and our our shortcomings, Father, but you've called us to, sure, Lord, you've called us for so much more. You've called us for so much more, Father. And Lord, I pray this morning that you release something in our hearts, Father, as we're standing here, that we will not look down on ourselves anymore, but we will look at your word, Father, and know that you've called us for more. You've called us to make an impact on our people around us, on our workplace, in our family, have an impact on our neighbors. And Father, I pray that you fill us with boldness, Father, this week to step out with you, step out with you in us, next to us, Lord, knowing that you're going to supply all our needs and you're going to be there to touch others, Father. Lord, I pray that you that restore the security we have in you. Where the enemy came and he he brought insecurity and discouragement. Lord, I pray that you will change this thing in our lives this week, that we will start seeing the impact we make. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. 
For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.